Linux Out Loud is firing up our mics, connecting those headphones as we search the community for themes to expound upon. We keep the banter friendly, the conversation somewhat on topic, and we have fun doing it this week. We are spouting off about just whatever nonsense we got going on. With me today are my two fantastic co-hosts that I've missed so dearly, except maybe Matt, Wendy and that other guy, Matt. How are you? Welcome two? back. Oh my gosh. We've missed you the last couple episodes. I was, like, was going to say, Nate, are you just like, you know, a John Cena, you can't see me kind of thing now? Because like, <laughs> I, I, I really wish that was the case. <laughs> well, no, I just, I think... A few weeks ago, I had a bit of an incident, and uh, that was weather-induced. Yeah. And then the last time I had a class, so I couldn't, and then it wouldn't then line up with you, Matt, and and you know, it's just. But you know, life has just hectic been kind schedules. of a little bit hectic, really, really, really hectic. And I, I'd like to say things are settling out. I'd like to say things are settling out, but I can't. <laughs> It'll be fine. Everything's fine. It's all fine. It'll be fine. It's all good. Yeah, absolutely. It's all good. <laughs> at least you made so it this Wendy, week right yes yes I'm, I'm very glad i made it i was very excited i you know I, I put it in my calendar and had a two-hour reminder that so everything basically went off around me which at the time was just two nice. phones but anyway so i was really excited i was rushing out of lows quickly on my way home from work just so i could make sure that i would not be late so i was actually the first one in this thing and i was like uh oh nice. hopefully hopefully i didn't miss it somehow because I, I i've been screwing things up so badly lately that i probably just like missed the recording time or something but anyway i didn't so we're we're good yeah you didn't miss it i was running here from robotics so i was like and i take this camera with me to robotics so i had to get it set back up and everything like re zoomed in and where it needed to be and all of that fun stuff so yeah yeah so so we're saying we need to like go fund you another camera or something like that (laughs) <laughs> oh, I I would not turn down another camera at all. Like, it's fine. I I take another camera. <laughs> yeah, well, since Matt's a big time manager here, he can probably afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Making the yeah, big me bucks. Made my, <laughs> my peasant salary. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Speaking of peasants. Wendy, your internet is nowhere near peasant salary, is it? I even don't know, don't know how that relates. Close. <laughs> <laughs> no, not anymore. It was definitely crap speeds for sure, especially when one is sure. coming to uploading large files. If you want the whole reference on that story and why I needed to upgrade, check Linux Out Loud episode 75, where I go into the whole spiel as to why I finally broke down and upgraded from my local ISP to Starlink. So it is installed. It's been installed for, I guess, just over a week now. So my husband came home on Friday the 29th, and we installed it that night. So I guess October the 6th marked a week of being able to use that. Let me get this straight here. Magneto, he installed it when he's not exactly known for his digital thumb. Right, exactly. Yes, he definitely did help with the install because I am incredibly clumsy and I'm open about the fact that I'm incredibly clumsy. And so I wasn't climbing up on the roof to mount the dish. That was without a doubt all Magneto doing that part of it. And then on Thursday this last week, so that would have been Thursday the 5th of October, I had my Ethernet connector show up. So the first generation of the Starlink router had an Ethernet port. The second doesn't. And the new third version that most people can't get their hands on yet, that one does have two Ethernet parts. So I am in kind of that middle zone where mine didn't come with one and I needed to get essentially a dongle for my Starlink router. Hmm. So now that's all set up. I'm back to using my Synology router that's actually running the Wi-Fi of the house. And one of the things that I love about my Synology router 
is being able to set up different profiles. So each kid has a profile, their devices are attached to that. I can turn off the internet for them, block particular websites and the like, just kind of helps me control internet access on different things. And if kids aren't getting their chores done, I can shut down internet to all of their devices with one click. Absolutely love my Synology router. That is nice. Yeah. It's pretty gosh dang awesome. Can you do that for Matt too somehow so he can't get those, you know, special games that he likes to get? (laughs) He's a little too far away. He's not on my home network. But if he was, I totally, totally could do that. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be a lot cooler if he could. Hey, Nate. Boy Scout salute. Boy Scout salute and read between it. There you go. I have a feeling that you're trying to be mean to me, but it's going over my head. But that's okay. (laughs) Just like everything else. <laughs> so, initial impressions so far of my Starlink. My ping is typically sitting around 60 milliseconds. Sometimes it's a little bit lower down into the 30 ish millisecond range. Sometimes it's a little bit higher, closer to the 80 milliseconds. And that's kind of something I figured. So, it goes from the house up to the satellite, down to some ground stations. And, you know, does that travel loop? And right now, my IP address is coming out of Oregon, and I'm living in southern Idaho. So that definitely is going to affect my ping time. I know they're working on getting some additional stations. They've got some that are approved. They've got some that are currently in the process of being built. And so over time, that ping can potentially get shorter Download speeds have been absolutely awesome. We haven't had anything hang up. Nothing's been an issue there. Upload, according to the map, I was supposedly going to be seeing anywhere between 9 and 17 megabits per second up. And in all reality, what I'm actually seeing on average is about 5 megabits per second up, which is still way, way better than the one and a half that I was getting for larger downloads. It's just not quite as fast as I was hoping it was going to be. At the same time, I know Starlink has lost some satellites recently, and as they're putting more ground stations down, that's potentially going to be getting faster. I regretting installing Starlink? Absolutely not. Compared to what I was paying before and the speeds that I was getting before, it's definitely been a large uptick. The files that I am uploading to Michael, so I'll get edit the shows, send them to Michael for both This Week in Linux and Destination Linux. That sped up quite a bit. So on average, some of those really big files that I was sending Michael could easily take six to eight hours. And I'm seeing them in like two, two and a half hours instead. Major, major difference. I'm able to live my life way better than I was able to on my local ISP. We'll continue to play with it and I will update how my experience is going after that. If you have local high-speed internet directly to your house, would I get Starlink? Absolutely not because of prices and your speeds are variable. But if you're living in the country and you're limited on what some of those speeds can be based on the technology is available for you in rural places, I say it's definitely worth getting. Well, I would say that that sounds really good. I I think I'm getting about that right now with my ISP. So I, I don't, I don't think I, I'm, I'm probably, you know, it'd be nice to have like bonded if I had like two, yeah, like I really want to spend that kind of money. Yes. But if I had like two internet providers, that might be kind of nice to have like, if you have, if you have like bonded connections so that you can get, you know, better throughput and when one kind of drops off, you have another one there to, you know, pick up some of the slack, whatever. Uh, that, that, would that, awesome. be, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be, yeah, that would be super cool. But I don't make Matt money, so I can't do that. At least not right now. Matt doesn't, Matt doesn't make Matt money. <laughs> yeah, listen, 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 Matt. It's not about what the truth is. It's about what I want to believe, okay? Anyway, so but th- th- I think that that'd be great. I was actually in line to get Starlink, but I, I, like, I didn't, my email like box was like really full and I missed the email saying you have to claim it oh, now and whatever else. So yeah. I totally messed that up. And, I, but then it's like, eh, well, you know, I'm actually, what I got right now is, is working pretty well. And then the last two weekends on Saturday nights, 
not this past weekend, but the weekend before, especially I like my internet totally went out. And so I had to, during Linux saloon, which was awesome. And so I did have to upload that one, like edit it and upload it. Cause I had like a good five minutes of just, you know, dead air, um, dead air. And oh, uh, crap. yeah, it was, it was great. I loved it. It was just super awesome. It was, it was like, it's like going on vacation with Matt. Anyway, um, so <laughs> so that was the best part of Linux Saloon. Then was the five was minutes the of not saying Nate, not seeing Nate. Well, the best part of Linux Saloon is when I'm not talking. So there's that. No, no, or seeing you. <laughs> so he wants both: no seeing mm, well, or hearing you. Those are the it's best like, parts. Like, like monkey see, monkey do. Is that what anyway? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that seems like a really you know, a good possibility, at least. You know, from my perspective, that'd be really nice to have. Yeah. But yeah, that's great though. I think that's exciting that that you're having good success with it. You know, latency doesn't sound bad, but I mean, like, I don't see you being a real heavy first-person shooter type gamer. That so it's probably not going to affect you as much as like it might affect yeah. Matt, who's got to be like you know Johnny on the no no delay. So I don't need the, the only time that it's an issue is when I am accessing websites that are in other countries. So on the latest episode of Twill, he's talking about the Volophone and that website of course is based out of Germany and that one took a really long time to load for me. I am mm. back to using my piehole, which I think does help as far as load times and stuff, because we're still reducing the amount of garbage and junk that is being mm -hmm. loaded with it. I don't have my Unbound server currently running, and I think I'd like to get that going again just to see if that helps reduce overall ping times back and forth as well because I'm using a local server. We'll see. I'll play with it, trying to get the best configuration out of everything. But without a doubt, I'm happy to be using my Synology router again over theirs. And I'm not saying that the Wi-Fi is bad. I mean, the Wi-Fi on it's pretty good. But I am someone who does like to have things hardlined. I do want connections over Ethernet as much as I can possibly get. And so not having that, even though it was just under a week was a little bit annoying. But overall, I'd say the experience is pretty good. And with any luck, it'll just be getting better. Yeah, I mean, as long as they don't crash any satellites, I think it sounds like it'll be doing great. <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes. There's only so much that we can do about things like that. Drive the satellites well. <laughs> Eight I've solar had... flares. <laughs> Steer around the uh, solar flares. If only it worked that way. Yeah, if only it worked that way. You talked about some hardware last time we were together, Matt, and it looks like it's getting an update and having updates, especially for our phones or these devices that are a little bit harder to update ourselves unless you want to root and ROM is extremely important. How did the update process go? Where did it put you in the scope of updates? And even more importantly, is it like some OTA updates that end up needing to have the cache cleared because it messes things up? So for Nate, who obviously hasn't been here for the last couple of episodes, Nate, I had to buy right, new You don't hardware. have to rub it in. You don't have to rub it in, okay? I know I've been gone. You're just like, it's like you, you know, it's like, it's already a paper cut and you're just like rubbing that lime juice right into the paper cut and like smearing salt into it. Why do you have to keep doing that, Matt? Because it's going to be salt. Because he's making margaritas and he's trying to share. No, I'm just drinking straight tequila. <laughs> That's what the, the lime and the, the lime and the salt are just to pour on the wound with the vodka, with the Oh, it's not the vodka. Vodka. Oh. the coconut shake. No, 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 Doctor. So if you now have that stuck in your head, you're welcome. 80 proof or higher. <laughs> Got to make it burn. <laughs> no, I actually had to buy new hardware, Nate. This wasn't something I wanted to do before you give me this, oh, you bought new hardware stuff. So the digitizer in my prior phone stopped working. So like the touch screen, like nothing's broken on the screen in and of itself. Like, but you poke at it, it does nothing. So I ended up having to buy a new phone, which was the TCL 20 Pro 5G. So why wouldn't you just change the digitizer out? It's really simple to take those off. Oh, yeah, it's great. Right to repair and everything is fantastic yeah. on cell phones that are glued down to no end. 
you know, just ask Apple, you know, it's like you have to pay like money in order to actually get the stuff and, you know, use specialized tools to replace stuff and not. It's like they want you to, to, you know, be a a responsible consumer and keep your hardware for as long as possible. It's like Apple's really on top of that. They, they've got such a long storied history of, of creating hardware that if anything goes wrong or the, or things change, you need more to do any update upgrades to it. It's easy to do. Totally. Well, in fairness, my device was not an Apple device. I'm not Ryan. <laughs> but oh, the sarcasm so that was dripping off of your words was palpable. So, yes, but, <laughs> saying, but, it's, it, but it still you're relates to it. Still relates that concept. Still relates to every piece of mm. bricking glass. Yeah. Yes. Minus the Fairphone. Minus the Fairphone. I'll give the Fairphone. Great. But anyway, is, is no, the Fairphone kind of the uh, the framework of of phones? Is that is that yes. what you're going to call it? Man, I got to get one. I know it's like not, they're not in the United States yet, but I got to get one. I, I uh, no, uh, was Ryan anyway, was able uh, to get a hold of one, but it was purchased through Mercurio, EOS. It was purchased through EOS and it comes with the EOS firmware on top of it. Well, actually, they didn't buy it, it was given to Ryan by EOS. Actually, it was sent to Michael. And then, of course, Michael realized that Ryan was going to be better at reviewing the vice. So Ryan is currently the one that has it. And if you want to know more about that phone, go and check out Ryan's video on it. <clears throat> I edited that too, by the way. So it's probably masterfully done. done. <laughs> actually, it is Not actually so much, good. but Nate, just so you it can... was a fun edit. That's for sure. I just sent you the link for the Fairphone 4. It's in okay. the chat on Riverside. Yep. But anyway, so no, I ended up purchasing the TCL 20 Pro 5G. Man, I hate some of these <laughs> phone manufacturer names. Um, it rolls right off I the only tongue. Ha- it just rolls right off the tongue. So most people know TCL for, you know, screens and TVs and all that stuff. That's oh, yes, 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 yes. But what I have one, I have one behind know, me, even <laughs> what most people don't know is that TCL was also the manufacturer of things like the Alcatel phones. They were doing the BlackBerry Android devices, so like the Key One, the Key Two, those devices, Detect, which was their all touchscreen Android device. Those were all also TCL phones. So TCL is now making their own phones, which this is, and. Overall, it's it's not the 8 gigs of RAM and all the other stuff that I had on the last phone, but the other one had a weaker processor because it was using a MediaTek, whereas this is using a Snapdragon. So it, it's relative. The snappiness is definitely there. I'm not feeling like I'm pegged for RAM or anything. Usually, kind of like you, Wendy, I would be like, oh, give me, you know, because it's Android, give me like the 16 gig or 12 gig phone with RAM and everything else because, you know, Android eats up RAM just with how it's designed. But overall, the the one thing I will give them credit is the the update process was actually pretty good. I didn't have now this went from whatever version it was on with the security updates and all that stuff. It it's been fairly solid. I haven't had a lot of weird like jank issues or whatnot. So I will give them credit because this is supposedly supposed to get up to Android thirteen for a device that was released in two. 2000, early 2021. So that is support- pretty gosh dang good. Like I love seeing that from companies. Love seeing so, it from companies. So support wise, they, they've lived up to one of the updates, which was Android 12, because this I think originally came with 11, if I remember correctly, uh, time wise. So if this gets Android 13, I will give them props for doing that, because that's more than most manufacturers or default OEMs do when it comes to Android. Fairphone is like the exception to everything when it relates to that, because like even the Fairphone 3 is still getting Android updates. But overall, I really like the screen. The camera is actually really good. The night mode for a lot of that stuff is, it's not Google level, like pixel level stuff, but you know, you, you shoot in a dark room and it's like, oh, hey, it's actually not Horrible. dark as a, yeah, it's a, so the screen's nice. The performance has been good. The camera setup is a little different as far as like just the position because most, you know, have like the kind of octangular box on the side. Mm-hmm. And this is literally a strip down, <laughs> down the side of the phone. Yeah. So that takes a little getting used to just so you, 
you're not covering certain things, but overall I've been enjoying it. Uh, 5G works and the phone was out, you know, 100 and that was $191 or something after wow. tax. So the fact that you can still get it, I was getting an updated Android phone with decent enough specs, micro SD card, 256 gigs of storage, a manufacturer that at least knows screens and might not always be the best screens, but they know screens. <laughs> And this was a $500 device when it came out. So while it depreciated value, the fact that it still gets updates and it still gets all the other stuff and it's still halfway decently performant. I'm not a mobile gamer because touchscreen phones and just, yeah, no. <laughs> get, get, give me a controller and I'll be content, but not on-screen prompts. Does but, this yeah. have a micro SD card slot then? Yes, it does. Wow. Hold I love it that it still has expandable storage. It is so and, nice to see devices and, and, with expandable And it's got this weird thing on the top. You know, It takes a lot of courage to put them in a phone mm. nowadays. See, and that's <laughs> one of the reasons, not only the price that you mentioned for it and the fact that performance is pretty good and updates are there, but that's part of the reason why when Magneto and I go to update again, I'm seriously going to be looking at this line I miss, I miss my headphone jack so much. I'm currently using a dongle. I'm not going to go grab it because it's over there and I need to be able to find it when I'm waking up in the middle of the night and need to put the headphones in and start a book. But it is incredibly annoying because there's times that I'm realizing I need to make a choice. Do I charge my phone? <laughs> yeah, it's almost dead. Or do I listen to a book and fall back asleep? I want to be able to do both. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how that works. And, <laughs> and people are just like, oh, you use, you know, Bluetooth headphones. And it's like, that's not the point. Like, I can't you, sleep with these beasties on. I know. Like, like even the in-ears, like, and I'm not a big, like, in-ear headphone guy. But, yeah. like, I can't even, like, doing the show is and, like, my own content is about as much as I'll do when it comes to Bluetooth. Like, well, I and I am it. using in-ear headphones when I sleep, but I've completely damaged them. Like, there's one side that doesn't work because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they get pulled and jerked and, and whatever. Yeah. And so I, it's hard on the port as well to have that happen. I've now been doing that for long enough that I'm a little bit more careful. I haven't damaged a pair, but my pair that I have and I'm not going to buy a nice pair in order to listen to books at night because the goal is just to get back to sleep not the audio mm -hmm. quality yeah exactly yeah. so it looks like TCL I almost said TLC but that's that's something else TCL has I know I made that mistake last yeah. week and had to go chasing waterfalls because <laughs> we don't want no scrubs right. <laughs> so TCL, they make a Tab Max 10.4. Since you got all this money, you're just dishing out buying new hardware. Can you buy that and tell me how, how that works? No. Okay. Well, I thought I'd ask. <laughs> Short answer, no. <laughs> Short answer, no. So while I've been busy transitioning to a new phone and all the other stuff, Nate, you've been busy transitioning to Wayland for the most part, it would seem. Yes. So uh, we've ta I've talked about Wayland on and off for the last couple of years, I think now. And I've written a couple of articles on cubiclight.com. And I'm working on a third article, which should be done by the time this, this episode publishes. I have this framework laptop, which I'm working on a video for that. I don't know. It'll be out sometime, like probably in the next couple of years. I don't know. And the, the issue with the framework laptop is it has a high DPI screen. And you cannot mix high DPI. Well, okay. So I don't know if 1080p on a 13, 13 and a half inch screen is considered high DPI or not. I don't know. But anyway, you can't do a mixed scaling in X. X11, at least in, in Plasma, will not allow you to, to change the scales per screen. You, you can scale it all or to scale or not to scale the whole thing, that is the question. You can't do that with X11. So I've, I've had to use Wayland. I tried doing all kinds of different things about shifting the resolution, zooming, doing all these like really fun things and XOR configs. None of them work. None of the anything worked. So I just, I said, I'm just going to do, I'm going to use Wayland. I've been having, I was, you know, didn't really have Great luck with Wayland, but I just thought I'm just going to use it. So I switched over to Wayland, did the scaling, everything works great. Uh, initially, there was like if I did like a screen grab of like a rectangle, I couldn't do it on the main screen, the one that's scaled up to one, uh, 125%, because it would like squish everything. And so I'd have to like 
Kentucky windage trying to get, oh, I think it's about here, and then it would actually grab it. So that was kind of weird. That doesn't, that's not an issue anymore. Zoom works now in Wayland and actually works, I would say works well, but that'd be like saying, does Zoom work well? And, and that's platform agnostic of Zoom not working well. So Zoom works. You can run Zoom on Wayland. I can do any video conferencing on Wayland. I can do everything I need on Wayland. Audacity is a little bit ropey. It like the, like the frame rate drops way down with like the scrubbing the scrubbing bar and and just everything is just kind of a little bit mm, funny. It's still functional, but but funny. But everything really works with one a couple caveats. So there is LibreOffice. For some reason, it scales up on the screens that are scaled down or whatever at 100 percent it'll like zoom in on whatever those are on the on those screens so that's really annoying because i can only really use i can only really use LibreOffice like on, on the main screen to have it look proper don't know what's causing it there I, I have to i've been doing some other digging i need to do some bug reports on that and then there's a i can't use like the the virtual kvm so like synergy or barrier does not work in wayland there's like a Wainergy, like a Wayland version of Synergy, really rough, doesn't actually, maybe it works. I don't know. I couldn't get it to work, but maybe it works for somebody, but that's, I'm not that somebody. But so I'm, I'm really excited though, that it is working as well as it is. They, it's very, very buttery smooth. And I, you know, I, I mean, any, any games that I want to play, which I don't play a lot of games on the, on the, on the framework outside of like Minecraft with the kids, but everything works. Everything works great. And I'm really impressed and the reason also with Wayland over X11 is on the the high DPI screen, X11 is kind of like jittery a little bit. Not jittery, but like it, the frame rate is lower than what it says it is. At least for me, it has been. So I don't know what the, I don't know what the problem is, but it just, you could, it's noticeable. But with Wayland, that's not an issue. So looks great. I like it. I've been very happy with it now for uh, about six weeks. And this is the longest stint I've been on Wayland. And I don't see things... Unless the things like terribly go backwards, I don't I don't see any I don't see why I'd go back to X11 at this point. I'm still currently on X11, and my main monitor is a 4K monitor. But the way I've kind of went around that issue of not being able to scale things by monitor is I just set my 4K monitor to 1080p, and that for the most part has been working. The text is still ultra crisp and all of that stuff. I'm still getting the benefits of the 4K. But at the same time, not being able to scale things per monitor. I am curious about checking out Wayland, but there are very specific things that I need. Even more so now that I'm editing DL and import, more importantly, because of Twill, there is a lot of screenshots that I have to grab. And I mean a lot of screenshots that I have to grab and they need to be accurate in size and getting exactly what I need. So that's some of what has kind of kept me off of experimenting with Wayland, at least on this system, because there's specific things for a workflow that I have to be able to have. It's not negotiable. They have to happen. I need them. And if those bugs or when those bugs get worked out, especially if video is working well for you, which obviously it is, or are you not using a Wayland system right now? So for this... I probably could have used Wayland, but for doing Linux Saloon, I tried Wayland on Saturday and I got through it, but this might be a zoom issue because it's not an, I don't see it anywhere else, but there's like a rubber banding effect that was going on with the video and oh. everything recorded and everything, everything went fine. And you know, the, the editing production quality of a live show doesn't have to be quite as crisp and tight as, as an edited show, like a, you know, edit and go show. So like Twill, yeah. Right, like Twill or, or, or DL, anything like that. So it's not as big of a deal, but the, I will say it has vastly improved. The last time I tried Wayland with it, it was like really slow. So this is just some issues. Yeah. And then and then I had on the, like the desktop, all of a sudden the, the, the background started flickering and doing weird stuff. Like any windows I moved by started like, like if you were susceptible to epileptic seizures due to flashing light, you might've had an issue if you were on Dang. my end of it, yeah. So it, it kind of worked itself out to basically just kind of blacked itself out eventually. So I'm not going to use, I don't know if it's because it's AMD as opposed to Intel. I don't know if that's the reason why there's something going on with the AMD uh, yeah. integrated GPU versus the Intel integrated GPU. I don't know, because it doesn't happen on the Intel, just on the AMD. 
So I'm going to wait a little bit to try it again. But I will say in the last month, just the last month alone, the improvements to Wayland are incredibly noticeable as far as the the quality of things. You know, the the issues are basically all like like Zoom. Those issues are all drying up. And you can if you if you're watching nice. any of the the conversation out there, I don't I'm not a, I'm not like actively watching it, like but you can see that like if you for like the the plasma, Nate Graham, he gives updates and some of that time sometimes he does include the the Wayland talk and and basically X eleven is on maintenance mode at this point. So things are gonna start to probably break in X eleven eventually anyway. Right. So Right now it's fine, but like for my laptops, so my, my HP laptop, my Elitebook, and then my framework, they've both been on Wayland now for since, since probably July and and quite happily. So Nice. Maybe I'll that, start playing with Wayland just a little bit more, especially if I'm not doing anything that's mission critical. I don't have anything that's coming up on a timeline and I can kind of bounce back and forth. Maybe that's the time to go ahead and play with Wayland, see how it works, see how it works with the stuff that I have to do. And if it doesn't be able to jump back to X without having too many issues, and then if it is working just fine, go that way. I know that Wayland is the feature. It is the technology that all of the Linux desktops, okay, not all, most of the Linux desktops are heading towards. So checking right now, where things work and don't work is probably a benefit as opposed to, holy crap, I've got no choice now. Let's hope it all works. <laughs> Last time I did complain about Caden Live was was like didn't work very well and OBS was... Right, being an issue. Actually, OBS is okay, but Caden Live was an issue. And so Caden Live is smooth as butter. So there's, nice. that, that's all been worked out. OBS... If there's a problem with OBS, I've not found it because I've done a lot of... I've done a lot of like screen recording with OBS on Wayland. Yeah. Uh, on on my machine, so no problem there. Actually, let me tell you what's really cool about Wayland. This is what I think is really super cool. So with Wayland, you can create virtual screens on the fly. Totally an aside. And there's there's this protocol called Miracast, or something that's called so, uh, Chromecast uses the protocol. There's some other things like that use this Miracast protocol. Well, there's there's this GNOME network screen application. I just used the flat pack because it was easy to grab, and you can use network screen display this miracast you can create a screen and cast it onto a whole, totally other screen and it's no. really quite usable depending upon the it's it's kind of harder dependent on on device per device device to device but it does not work with x but it works with wayland i i'm not going to say it's super smooth but it wasn't the the device i tried out what didn't work great with windows either but another device which i might actually buy i, I used it to solve a problem at work some time ago mm. and i thought well how well will it work with with Linux. So I did try that device actually because the boss lady that had that office was out, but she left her screen on. And so I took my laptop and I go, oh, what if this will work? And so I tried it out. I'm like, oh, that's pretty nice. So it does work. I don't know how the, pr- the frame rate won't be quite as good as obviously a plugged in HDMI right. you know, or DisplayPort or whatever, but it does work, especially for more static things, which they want to basically just use it for like HMIs, like like, like just displaying like more static type type things. It works uh-huh. really well. So it's only going to get better because people are working on it. And the whole virtual screen casting thing is super cool. And and the fact that it works as well as it does, and it's like something I hardly even knew about, but it's just some project on FlatHub that you can, you can download. That's another benefit of Wayland that I think is, is tip top. But it just attached itself like so a screen. I am so glad you brought this up. So I actually went and stole the monitor off of the kitchen system this mm-hmm. weekend, or I guess Friday this last week, because I really seriously needed another monitor for the video editing workflow. And in all reality, what would be the best is if I had four monitors and if I'm switching over to Wayland, testing things out, switching over to Wayland and using that, there are just a couple applications that, and they don't need to be super big. I just need to make sure that I have the show notes up where I can read them and then having the file manager kind of open. But I need one monitor, preferably constantly in full screen. So it's really easy to go and take the screenshots that I need and then be able to add them to DaVinci Resolve. So I will absolutely be checking that out please share the application names and all of that stuff because this is something I've got to try. What's being done on the Wayland side of things, it's really neat. And I haven't heard other people talk about it, but it's super cool. So if you have the hardware that does it, like Samsung mon- Samsung monitors, TVs, they have this this casting ability. 
and mm-hmm. uh, as long yeah. as it supports Miracast, I think Vizio might also have it too. I'm not sure, but there there's some some that have it built into the smart TVs, and you can just cast right to it. In fact, I think it might nice. be fun to go to figure that out and go to like to a, you know a, a box store and see which ones I can cast to. <laughs> I just don't have a bad voice moment, right? You know, I try to be as the best behaved I can possibly be. It's very difficult and I don't succeed often, but I at least make the effort and the attempt to, you know, not embarrass my children too badly. There we go. <laughs> well, Wendy, it sounds like you've been working on developing the next robot overlords that we are going to be serving is that is that the or you're training those that will build the robots you to build the skynet that will yes yes i am helping to train the generation that'll help build skynet excellent (laughs) the the robotic season is completely and totally underway we've been busily working on stuff actually our first scrimmage is just over four weeks from now so it was nice to be able to have those dates set and be able to tell the kids hey we've got a bunch of stuff to do And previously, it had been told to us that there wasn't going to be a head-to-head. So what we participated in last year was our team took Southern Idaho Champion, and they did a head-to-head competition with the North Idaho Champion to figure out who was going to get that Tickets to World. Because there is only one Ticket to Worlds coming from Idaho in a first LEGO League Challenge team. And it was Southern Idaho that had went the last two years doing the head-to-heads. And in previous years, they kind of passed it back and forth. North Idaho would get the ticket, then Southern Idaho would get the ticket, and they just kind of bounced back and forth. And the board met pretty late. I think it was last week and decided that they did want to go ahead and keep the head-to-head. But instead of doing kind of a Zoom call in order to make that happen, what they want to do is have all of the teams submit a video. We have to do this by the 1st of January and it has to be unbroken. So from their introductions all the way through to like their outro kind of things, a half hour total, it can't be any more than that. That has to go directly to them. So you can redo it as many times as you want, but there can't be any cuts. You can't say, hey, this robot design presentation was the best and we'll keep this one and this innovation project was the best and keep that or potentially being able to feed kids lines for the question part of things and be able to cut that in and out has to be one solid video and they said there are no bonus points for having effects or anything like that to your video but what I'm most worried about is audio quality and I guess some of this comes from the years that I've now done as a podcast editor and the videos and stuff that I've recorded of the team in the past, especially all the kids are on the same audio track and there's room noise and other issues. And my goal is to be able to figure out how to have every single kid on their own audio track. I guarantee Linux can do it. I am just not entirely sure the hardware I need in order to make that happen. And I guess this is kind of a call out to the community that I've got the video portion of it covered. I'm pretty sure we can get some really nice high quality video that way. Not too worried there. But my biggest overall concern is making sure that the audio quality on it is best. You know, kids can bump things, do things, and it would be so nice to be able to do exactly what I do for the shows where you can make sure that all of the different audio tracks for every single person is equalized and balanced. And if there is a bump on a mic or a room noise or whatever that happens to be able to cut that out and make sure whatever they're saying is as crisp and clear and possible. So that is on my to-do list right now. It's kind of towards the tops of my to-do list as things go. The sooner that we have that hardware, that solution in place, the more we can kind of play with it and test it and figure out what all needs to be done. But I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that the kids now have the potential to be able to go to Texas again. They were super, super excited when they found out. We told them today, we found out 
gosh dang it, it was like Friday last week and I kept the secret from my kids all weekend long because we wanted the whole team to find out together and it was so hard. Oh my goodness, it was so hard not to tell them. But we wanted them all to find out at the same time and they are they're pretty thrilled. I mean, even if it's not Texas that we're going to, even if it's California, then that's still an amazing opportunity. But they are so stoked to have that potential to be able to go to Worlds again. And not only do they need to work their butts off in order to achieve that goal as Southern Idaho State Championship again, but then we need to figure out how we're going to work audio on that video And it's more of a me thing. I just want to make sure that everything the kids say is as crisp and clear as possible. I'm not an audio engineer, but I've I've paid attention to some things. Not a lot, Mm -hmm. but a few things. So what I'm how many channels do you need at once? Like every kid though with their own mic? Six channels. Okay. Six channels if every kid is getting their own mic or yeah, that, that would really be ideal. It would really be ideal to have each kid on their own channel. So I think, and I and I might be misremembering because that does happen, but I think our doer, the, the audio editors, I think it's it runs on Linux and I, I played with yeah. it a little bit and it's a little bit more complicated for, to use in Audacity, I think, but I think you can do cool things with it. But anyway, I believe our doer, if you, if you want you will take multiple audio tracks and, and break them up. And I think you could probably mm-hmm. do something like, now they're kind of, it's kind of an expensive solution, so it may not work, but like, you know, those road mics. I see a lot of podcast, like content creators on YouTube. There's like, there's little like yeah. road, they're like little, little cubes they stick on there and they have uh-huh. like a base, a base station. And I don't know how that, that device works yet. I haven't, I, I'm thinking of purchasing one for myself, but I'm, you know, I don't make Matt money. So I don't know when I can do that. But anyway, um, Matt doesn't make Matt money. <laughs> and he said that earlier, but I, again, I don't know if I believe you. Anyway, I see all this hardware you're buying. Anyway. You're one to hardware. talk. Hardware's not cheap. Look, I bought one thing and then you try to get me to buy other things. And I keep saying no, except that one time. Anyway. At Bandcamp. I mean, whoops. This one time. I'll cut that out. Actually, Nate, there's the, there's two, the the Steam Deck and the Atari. I've only bought the framework lately. <laughs> <laughs> no, notice he conveniently forgets that. Look, if it's more than like three months outside of the like of the past, it didn't happen. I don't recall it, it happening. Happen. I like Nate. That. There's a YouTube channel I should give you. It's something about back in the '90s. I think is the name of the YouTube channel. It sounds, I really like it. I'm already sold. So anyway, I don't make Matt money, but there's these, those road mics. I think you can have multiple mics per base. I've seen like you can buy them in packs. Like so you have like two mics in a base. And I don't know if they, right. if they can do multiple. There might be some more research necessary on that. And there might be some better suggestions out there in the community. You know, but anyway, I know that Lavalier mics of some kind would definitely be ideal. Right. So they're Basically. not like touching it or grabbing it. Something right. like, yeah, that would definitely be the best way to go. And I'm not exactly sure what their team shirts are going to look like this year. It wouldn't hurt to have one with somewhat of a collar. Mm-hmm. And that way we could pin the mics on them. I know we're sublimating their shirts, but that's about as far as we've gotten. So I love the idea that I was leaning towards lavalier yep. mics anyway. It's just trying to find the right ones and making sure that I can have all the audio channels I need. To be fair, I'd actually end up needing seven. So one for each kid and then one for the judges or us in the back who are actually asking the questions to the kids so everybody is mm-hmm. heard evenly and equally. That but, one could be tethered, though, too, like a, a USB yeah, mic or Yeah, whatever. that one could be tethered. Yep. That one's not a big deal because we're not actually going to be seen in the video, but we do need to be able to be heard as we're asking the kids' questions. But you might want to check out to see if, if our doer is a good option for that, and then you may want to re- research those road mics. might be actually better solutions, too, yeah. out there. You know, I mean, I remember there was these like rack mounted things like at my church they had where you could put a VHS tape in there and it would record multiple tracks on it. Yes. Probably not easy to get, <laughs> probably not the quality you want and not the solution that would work for you, but you might be able to get it really cheap. So that's, that's Right. Well, I was already wanting to grade some of my sound system stuff anyway, because I can only input one mic on my audio interface right now. And my daughter and I were making a 
basically an intro decoding video on Sunday and having to share the same mic and that's really not ideal. I'd like to bring Magneto in on a few things and so having just one mic input already was a little bit limiting. I don't know what it would look like, how expensive it would be to get something that had seven to ten mic inputs and you know what overall that would look like but I'm definitely open to suggestions and as far as the kids go without a doubt lavalier is I think the best option you looked like you had a suggestion bobbin up there Matt yeah look at something something was bubbling up there no, like, yeah the, the, yeah those like, gears were turning and I could see it it's like it's uh -huh. like you popped the clutch the, 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 out. The, there's something that I'll have to look at it after okay. we get off the show all right. Sounds good. I look forward to your suggestions because you usually got some good ones as we're rolling on through here. And speaking of awesome suggestions, you found some games on the Xbox that you don't have to pay for. Yeah, these are actually free games, totally free as in like you just go and click in and add them to your account and they're free. Three of them are from the backwards compatibility for the Xbox 360. So they are playable on the Xbox One, the Xbox Series S slash X. So a couple of generations. And there is one that is playable on Game Pass through uh, Xbox Game Pass for PC or PC Game Pass. Oh, so you play on the Steam Microsofts. Deck. If you wanted to, yes, you yeah. could. Um, I played so Fortnite. the games are... It's been a while. <laughs> the, the games are Crackdown 1 and 2, which they're just basically... Third-person shooters, over-the-shoulder view, so you see your character and move. and It's all about destructible environments and kind of just create chaos and all that kind of stuff. That You don't play them for story. They are not story gotcha. just games at all. Phantom Dust is actually a remake of a original Xbox game. I have not played it, so I don't know a lot about it. So I'm not going to try to describe what it is because I have no idea. And then the other one is called Too Human, which is in a weird legal quagmire, hence why it's free. So the studio, well, the studio and Epic, because it was based on Unreal Engine 3, I think, and they made modifications and there was a whole legal argument. So the physical game was told to be destroyed. That was unsold. But that was because they were charging money. But now that they don't charge money for it, that it's free for people to actually use and play but it's based on it's like a it's a cyberpunk norse mythology game like that's the best way i can describe it but it's like an action game so definitely that, that was like a mishmash holy cow i don't even uh, get okay. it like cyberpunk so norse. so take the cyberpunk a rose like dungeon take crawling. this no so take the cyberpunk aesthetic okay you know Add guns and laser beams and everything else, but add okay. the context of Norse mythology. So, like, you play the character of Baldur is who you play, but you interact with the gods of, like, Norse gods. It, okay. It's really... So, think of almost kind of like in, like, the MCU, where it's like, like, Thor. the Asgardians have kind of, Yeah, Thor and that, like, that kind of... Right that that's the difference so but like you interact with like humanity who's you know not that level <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's a it's a fun rpg kind of rpg light but it focuses mostly on combat and that kind of stuff M most of those games are rated m so they're not for kids phantom dust is rated t for teen so but they are all free so to add to your account and download um nice I guess they had been free for a while. I don't really explore the Xbox Game Store very much because there's just not a lot on it that I really care about personally. We have one. Given... The kids play it. I mean, not as often lately since we put in the living room gaming system. But yeah, it's not something that we stroll through on a regular basis either. Not that they're playing so, any of these games, but... Yeah. No, for obvious reasons. But no, the, so there's four games for the price of zero that you can add to your Xbox account. So there you go. I don't have anything else to add to it this week. Four, four for one. There you go. Gaming recommendations that don't hurt your wallet. Take it. Hey, I've, I've made recommendations for things like open duelist before, which is, you know, 
kind of what they did with Free Space 2, where they open sourced the game. And yeah. And you have been able to share some games that were on really good sales. Of course, that's harder to do now where we're recording every two weeks. And typically when we're recording the show, it's the same time as the previous show drops. So you don't really have as much leeway unless it's like a major long-term sale, which they do come up. But yeah, that's harder to give sale recommendations on the show. Matt, what you should do. I just got this like, you (laughs) should do like quick little recordings of like whatever games like, like float your boat. And just for shorts, like for, for the show, like in between, mm-hmm. because I think that that would be awesome. I mean, it's not gonna be awesome for my pocketbook, but it would be awesome if you did that. Like just like just like games that are on sale, games that yeah. are on sale, yeah, games that are on sale. Something like and maybe if you the can if you can get any game. footage, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that'd be great. Anyway, that, that okay. could be cool. Yeah. Nate, footage is real easy to come by, especially if the games have trailers that have gameplay, because then I don't have to do anything. Right. And you could, <laughs> I mean, you throw that in like a, you know, I mean, a 30 second, you could probably do like 30 seconds. They have to be minute long shorts. They'd be 30 second long shorts. Yeah. Just a quick little, hey, hey, everybody, this is the game sphere on Li- Linux Out Loud sphere. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. And then you can do. Oh the my little, gosh, you know. I love the voice that you gave Matt. That was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Complete and total opposite of his voice because Matt's super deep and you got this high pitched game sphere. <laughs> that could be very Works. good. Yeah. It, yeah, it could be That'd very be good. Fun. So while I have been having a sore relationship of making game recommendations and whatnot, <laughs> Nate, you have also been having a sore relationship of piece of technology, though. Yes. So. I don't know how familiar you are with DisplayLink. It's essentially a protocol of sorts, a video driver that allows you to send compressed video data down USB. So like, for instance, an AMD laptop is not going to have Thunderbolt 4 necessarily because licensing reasons. Now this is going to get cleared up here probably in the near future. And so if you wanted to have additional displays beyond like a built-in HDMI, you know, port or whatever, you could send video down USB-C, be th- version be 3.1 or whatever. And that would, uh, you just display link to have additional monitors. Now display link, so basically they're, they're separate. You can, they're basically they're like video processing bits. They're, they're I don't call them GPUs quite exactly, but they are like that in, in the device itself. So there's some video processing done on the other side of it. Anyway, so in, it's not, it's not immediately supported in, in Linux. It's not like a, it's not, part of the main line, but there are, there are kernel modules where you can use DisplayLink. And what's neat about DisplayLink is it allows you to, you know, add displays that are not, you know, pulling from your internal GPU. It's, they're, it's processed in a, a different way, essentially. And so running it in on a, on a system is, takes a little bit of finesse, a little bit of work. And I was able to, with the help of some uh, OpenSUSE folks, get DisplayLink working quite nicely and reliably in OpenSUSE Tumbleweed. And it's really pretty fantastic. So I very often run with four monitors on my framework laptop, one above, two to the side of the main screen. But it seems like however many monitors I have, I need that plus one. And so just there's some instances when it'd be nice to have an additional monitor. And now that I got DisplayLink working, that is a possibility. In fact, I think they say you can have up to six monitors from DisplayLink. That 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 is, I think Synaptic is the company that that supports that project or that that, that owns that. So you can have up to six displays, but apparently that's what they say, they say it'll support. But say, they say it can go, you can go 14 with it. Now they don't say that for Mac though. They say a max of four for Mac. I don't know why. And but for Linux, six to 14 is a possibility. I don't know what kind of performances. I don't have the hardware to do that many. I can see a situation where you might want to have that for like maybe some some less, you know, you're not going to necessarily play games on it. Although I did test it and I can play, not that it's a great test, but you can play Minecraft on the DisplayLink drivers quite well. Like, I mean, I, I would notice the difference. I wouldn't notice the difference between that and then my, the you know, built-in, you know, GPU on, on the Intel. Intel, whatever, what is it called? The Intel graphics, the built-in, the on-chip Intel graphics. The, na- the proper name escapes me. But anyway, so it's very exciting. I There was some finagling you have to do, like because of I think, kernel 6.5 being a bit more strict about kernel modules and sign, signing and whatever, if there's anything a little bit off, secure boot is not going to allow your system to run properly. 
So it'll it'll kick back that module. So you do have to at least I had to disable secure boot secure boot on my machine to be able to run it. And also there was you have to like I had to edit one little config file as well to make that work. But it was very easy. I wrote up a little article on kubeclean.com so that should I need to set it up again, it'd be very easy to get going. And kind of just made it made the step by step process very clear. But anyway, it's very exciting because I now want to see if I can drive 14 displays off of my framework laptop. Here's the thing. You can never have too many monitors. There's always a reason for another one. Like now I'm telling you that I need a minimum of four because the three is not enough. But I'm pretty sure once I have four, then I'm going to potentially need a fifth one. And, and that's exactly it for me. So, like I have I, I have four monitors. Like when I'm doing work on virtual machines what, right now, mm-hmm. and, and then I'm, I'm trying to reference some other things. I'm like, man, if I just had just a fifth monitor, that would make my life so much better. And I'm sure right? if I get that fifth monitor going, I'm probably going to need a sixth. And and then if, the, uh-huh. if I have six going, I might need an, I don't know. I don't know. But I think the display link right? is, is the great solution, at least right now, for, for such a thing. To be able to you, help you as you're... You might need 14. I might need 14. <laughs> so I don't know. Or maybe might I need, need to get bigger monitors. monitors. Maybe like one 4K that I treat as four monitors. I don't know. I'm not sure how to do that. I'm not sure like what the right the right answer is for that. But Yeah, I don't know. I had somebody mention maybe using a laptop as a monitor. And the my main monitor right here is 32 inches. I've got a TV over here that's 32 inches. And then the one that I stole off the kitchen system is 27 inches. And I really don't want anything smaller than the 27 inches that I have stolen off of the kitchen system. Because when I'm at my main desktop and I don't even like small laptop monitors is I want to be able to see everything large. I want the nice crispness in the text and stuff. And so while, yes, potentially maybe using a tablet as a second monitor for something like show notes or my file manager or something like that, but for the most part, I really want large monitors around me and I've decided I need one in a vertical format because show notes for this show, writing code for the robot or anything like that, that vertical monitor is so flippin' nice in being able to see the scope of things. So... We'll see where the monitors stop. Who knows? This graphics card only has four ports, so I can't do more than that at the moment. But you never know. Display Link might be a very a decent solution for that because it's very inexpensive hardware, relatively speaking, and much cheaper than a Thunderbolt dock. So yeah, it's it's pretty cheap. You can add a couple. I think I think they can they can drive three 1080p or two 4K monitors. I think right now is what the what they can push. So nice. that's, that's nice. what they say. I don't necessarily always believe it when they say, oh, we'll do 4K. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really, it's like, right. we'll do, it's like when the Raspberry Pi says we can do 4K, two 4K monitors. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you can do 4K. I'll believe it when I see it and how well it actually does the job. Yeah, doesn't mean that. you should do 4K. So it's one of those things. Absolutely. I can't believe it. You have given me two solutions to my monitor problems today. Thank you for coming back and sharing all of your goodies where it comes to multiple monitors. I need all of them. I prefer to call it nonsense. It's all my nonsense. <laughs> but it, it it is fun and I'm I'm very happy with yeah, I'm very I'm very happy with one the performance of video out of out of the Thunderbolt ports for the framework. And I'm very happy with that. Also doing a display link graphics as well. Nice. So there is potential there for, for doing, you know, quite a bit. You know, I mean, basically at this point I'm, I'm running out of table space is really the problem. So. Yeah. And I think that's going to be some of my problem because while this is a 20 square foot desktop, it doesn't take much to fill that space, especially when you have monitors as large as I do. And right now I have a gigantic softbox behind this monitor and then a camera over here. It's kind of all eating up the space that I have on my monitor. I definitely need to get some more arms and the like to help with monitor placement and everything. But I'm really curious to see how this continues working as you go forward and i'm definitely going to be looking into at least one of these options for all the monitors and monitors are fun you know i i like to limit my screen time you know i hear this it's always bad to have too many screens to have too much screen time so i figure if i just put more screens in front of me i can get things done quicker so it's not 
and then I have less screen time or something like that. Well, to be fair, when I'm editing video, I have the video editor set to cover two screens, which is really, really nice. So I have my mm -hmm. main edit on one. Then the other screen has markers. It has the effects and all of that stuff over on this side because... It just takes up space. You've got so many mm -hmm. things that you're back and forth on. The having the multiple monitors across one is really nice. And then I typically need to see the show notes. I need to see my file manager. I need to see a browser window. And so it takes multiple monitors in order to move pretty seamlessly through everything or else you're bringing windows up and down. And it's definitely doable. I've been doing it. But one of the amazing things about Firefox, and I didn't realize that it was a thing until recently, is that you can take screenshots of a web page directly from Firefox. If you right click, it says take screenshot. You can take a screenshot of just what's shown, or you can take a screenshot of the entire web page. It is amazing. I absolutely love it. Thank you, Firefox. You are the best. I didn't know that. But I just did that and I saw that take screenshot. I'm like, oh. Isn't well, that so freaking cool? Paint me so. green and call me Gumby, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's. That's fantastic. An amazing feature that Firefox has in there. And because we're putting videos out in the full screen 1080p fashion, if I full size the screen and then take the screenshot of whatever it is of, you know, take a screenshot of just what's oh shown, then I don't have to do any resizing of the screenshot. Take the screenshot at full screen. It comes in at full screen in my video editor and no resizing needs to be done. I can just move on to the next step. Sometimes I do need the full website because I need to scroll through and be able to use that screenshot for multiple different things. But Firefox is the bomb. You can take screenshots from there. And if you full screen it, you can pop it into a video feed without any adjustments. Thank you, Firefox. That is fantastic. I just did it now. Holy cow. I had no idea that was a thing. So thank cool, you for right? providing I a solution. I thought I was able to share my <laughs> joy. <laughs> what, is that something you were needing too, is screenshots inside web browsers and stuff? There, yes. So I, I've been like, like stitching together different, like a screenshot with a screenshot for things. Not very often, <gasps> but every once in a while. And then, yeah, like, Maybe I think someone mentioned something that you could do that on some browser and I wasn't paying attention. And but now that you say you can do that on Firefox just by right clicking and there's no extension, I see take screenshot right there. That is right. It is so cool. Fantastic. Wow. Yes. It made me love Firefox even more. And then I've had to use Chrome for different things. Like we have to end up recording in a Chrome based browser. And I'm bummed every time I have to do it. And I'm like, oh I'll just nope. No, I can't do that in Chrome without an extension. Do that in Firefox. Super slick, though. Only Riverside worked in Firefox. I know. I know. I'm hoping that Firefox is working towards having some of those tools because there's other applications that I can only use in a Chrome-based browser. So Riverside, where we're doing our recording, Pyrex can only work in a Chrome-based browser. And I know there are certain things that are in a Chrome-based browser that helps different things work. And it's just not available in Firefox. And I love Firefox. It is my day-to-day -day main browser. And it's kind of a bummer when I have to go over to Chromium for certain things. Though, while we're already off topic on browsers, I am needing a browser where I can have multiple accounts signed into and not have to worry about that. So, you know... They've got multiple accounts, being able to do things in those multiple accounts. And I know I've seen one recently, whether it was something that I saw on Mastodon or something that I saw on one of the shows, it might have even been DL. But if somebody can remind me what that browser is that is natively installed on Linux, please do. Well, you, you can do container tabs in Firefox. So you can have... Right. So that I have like different accounts in different container tabs. And then I also use Chromium. Maybe that's what I need to do. Chromium and Edge. Well, not so much Edge, but Chromium I use for like different accounts. Like right now I have a, on Chromium, I, I run multiple different accounts for like Linux Saloon or Cubicle Nade or work stuff. Right. And I have like work, like I have like an admin account one that I do as well. So like if I'm doing just specific, okay, you know, cover your ears, Matt. I don't want to offend you here. 
But if like when I do like I have to go into the Microsoft admin account to like change things, that's a whole separate profile because I don't want to use my main profile with that because I need any different permissions. So I have, I have a specific admin account for doing those things. So with that, like there's, you know, those profiles are just fantastic for specific jobs as it were. And then when those jobs are done, I just shut them down. Nice. And that might be the way to go. Those kind of things. I know there was some sort of browser that I had seen that was focused on that, but maybe just using that inside of Firefox is the way to go. I don't know. That's another thing. Call it to the community. What are you using? Especially you need to have multiple counts to do different work related things or social things. Let us yeah, know. I like call it to the community because they know lots of things. Yes. Yeah, so we've had multiple ones this episode, which is pretty nice. Well, now it's time to toss in your two cents or maybe a third, you know, Matt's got to get some scratch too, you know, on today's topics, hit the discourse forum, drop us a line under this video or on the contact form by visiting tuxdigital.com slash contact. If you'd like to hang out with us in our preferred social media, see the links at the bottom of the show description, find other great shows like Fit and Fuel, Destination Linux and Linux Saloon and more at tuxdigital.com. Show off your love for your favorite podcasts and shows by visiting the Tux Digital merch store. Grab yourself some awesome swag like the gamer-centric I pause my game to be her shirt or join hashtag Team Wendy with some sinister Wendy swag. As always, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time with another awesome soda of Linux Out Loud. Until then, keep the banter friendly, conversation somewhat on topic, and have fun doing it. Mm-hmm.